If you are an HR professional, business owner, or at the operations level trying to understand what people want, you may be struggling. Our systems have been shocked, practices have been questioned, and culture is the leading conversation. Let's learn how culture is created, sustained, and why it should be the leading conversation when discussing hiring, training, and retention. This is the foundation of any business, and it's time to address it. So tune in to Let's Talk HR, humanizing the conversation. We tackle topics that influencers of change need to understand and struggle to overcome every day, such as where to start and what the new workforce wants and how to attract and keep positive momentum going. I'm your host, Leanne Lovely. Launching season two with me today, I have an amazing guest. He is a serial entrepreneur, speaker, veteran, owner, and all-around humanitarian. Of course, if you met him at random, you would probably think he's just an average Joe because he's the kind of person that would stop and help you change your tire on the side of the road. Of course, you would not get away without a great conversation and a whole lot of F-bombs because Andy Wines is his authentic, unique self no matter where he is. And that is why I am so excited to have him join me and have an awesome conversation today about business ownership, about culture, and about basically how to run a business. Andy, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, why don't you uh, tell me in five minutes or less a little bit about yourself and your business? I mean, we, we, we can keep it down and dirty even, even less than five <laughs> minutes, Jack. God bless. We got a lot of questions to get to. Let's not talk about me. Let's talk about HR. Uh Break it out, Barney style. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I was born in a, as an entrepreneur. I worked for large corporations. I worked for small companies. I joined the military, deployed, came back home. And, and after having done all those things, I realized that I was running away from what I was put on this earth to do, which was run businesses. Uh, my father runs a business with my mom. Both my grandfathers ran businesses. My great-grandfathers, two of my four grand, great-grandfathers ran businesses, is, is what we do. So I run businesses. I'm a father. I'm a veteran. That's it. I mean, I, we, don't need, we don't need much more time than that. I'm sure we'll get into some stories over the next hour as we dive into HR and what makes me tick. Awesome. Uh, great, great beginning. Um, and I was going to go right into, you know, in all sense of the word, from the, the moment that I have met you, you are definitely a serial entrepreneur, but a successful one. Um, many could, many people can say that they're a serial entrepreneur, but few can say that they are successful serial entrepreneurs, right? Um, so you wear many hats. How do you go about balancing all of the different job duties that go along with owning multiple businesses? Uh, it's all about the use of language. Uh, I'm a big fan of linguistics. And so one of the words we, I don't use and, and one you just use there is balance. Don't use the word balance. It's not about balance. It's about alignment. Do these things go together? I, I look at life and it's really, it's really three parts. It is, uh, it, it, or three aspects of defining who you are. It's right. It's kind of the, 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 what you do, right. That's what we talk about here. This is the work thing. Right. And it's the, the, the family, right. And then who you are as a core person, right? Let's just take those three things. Right. And, and the goal is these are three strands, right? And I, I, I akin it to, or I, I liken it to a rope, right? You have these three strands and, and separately, if they're competing, right? We think about balance, one goes up, one goes down, right? That's balance, it's bullshit. You, you will constantly be juggling and, and fighting. But the goal and the key thing is how do you align these three things 
right? Because within those strands, there's a lot more strands and a lot more depth. Well, how do you get those three main strands to align and interact? And then as you do that in life, the more you have these strands interacting and you have alignment, you, you have this nice, strong uh, life. And so I look at even within work, right? Which strands feed the major strands, right? And, and then how does it interact with my family and how does it interact with my, my relationship with myself? And then how do I build this strong, uh, repeatable life that I want? And then it's about alignment. And then how you do that is you consistently look at yourself and it's about uh, self-awareness, self-regulation, and then self-reflection. And through those three things, right? When you're in that reflection stage, you do start, stop, continue methodology. And within start, stop, continue, you look at going back to the beginning, what do you need to start doing, stop doing, or continue doing so that you live a life that is aligned in these three aspects of your life. Wow. And you said something that's, that's really important, which is, you know, self-awareness and obviously everything starts with, with that. Yep. How did you get yourself to that point though? Well, I mean, the, the, the running joke is self-awareness is the first step, but it's not the last step, right? <laughs> but it's the most critical step because it's the first step. And that is where uh, I'll make the argument most people fail. They, they are not aware of who they are. And there's, there's a ton of methodology of how you can make yourself aware of it. I don't care if you can do a disc assessment or Myers-Briggs or ask the people around you, go to a fucking counselor, like it, figure it out, right? Get a bunch of these data points and, and then also understand how you represent and, and uh, is the person that walks in the person that wants to walk in, right? And so uh, being aware of that and then being good with it, right? The, the moment you stop giving a shit about what other people think or feel is a beautiful thing. No, those are data points. It's not that I don't care. It's that I'm not going to let those perspectives change who I am for the sake of change. I'm not going to let people water me down for the sake of watering down. If I want to modify my behavior, it's because I'm aware of my behavior. I regulate my behavior because in reflection, I recognize what I do and do not get out of this world. And I want to make sure it's consistent across the board. So that's the key with self-awareness. Are you doing something different? And if not, are you comfortable with who you are? Are you content, right? Those very different words. Mm -hmm. But what is that word that drives that? Once you have that conversation with yourself, then you can show up to life and breathe easy being you, unapologetically you, because 8 billion people on this planet, you are you, no one else can do it better. Just go out and be you, but be aware of who you are, that avatar of a person, that, 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 that thing that, operates you know it's, it's different the, the body and how it reacts in the world is very different than the soul and the mind right but what is that avatar is that consistent with who you think you are who you want to be and what do you want to get out of this world once you start doing that and take the time you got to put the time in to work on yourself that's where i think a lot of people fail they don't take the time they don't put the time in because they let their ego get the better of them that's that's amazing. Um, and I think that we all wish that we could constantly show up only as ourselves constantly. Oh, no, 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 no. I'll take a line for Brad Hurta. We don't wish we plan. Right. OK, well, there's a difference. Wish is upon a fucking star. No, we plan. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to have my coffee. I'm going to put pants on. I'm going to whatever. Whatever the plan is that gets you to show up as the person you need to be. 
I can think of, I can remember, I, I know the the elevator. There's an elevator in, in Waukesha. I have to go to the third floor to go to this networking group that I don't want to go to. I haven't wanted to go to, I haven't gone to it in a while, but before I didn't want to go there. But I, in my head, I'm like, I got to be here for the sake of my business. And if I'm going to show up here, I got to show up. So elevator door closes. It's it's gold mirrored fucking whatever, 1990s bad decor. <laughs> Anyways, I can see my reflection. And if I show up, like, I don't want to be here, that person shows up. But if I show up and I put a stupid smile on my face, I show up different. And that's a plan. If I wish I was just in a better mood, ain't going to happen. But take the, the three seconds to smile at the mirror, give yourself a high five like Mel Robbins tells us to, and then go out and fucking kick ass. But that's a plan, not a wish. Absolutely. You're right. You're right. But that is a struggle that many have. It is a struggle that many fear. And that's something that... What, what, what are you afraid of? What's, what's, where's this fear piece? Well, and I'm not necessarily speaking to myself. It took me a long time to show up as me on a regular, consistent basis, right? There are people who fear walking into work every day and thinking, I'm going to be found out because I have XYZ going on at home. You get imposter syndrome. Correct. And that's a real thing that people exist. And but you have cre you clearly have created a culture at at your businesses. And you accept everybody for who they are. Is this what you're saying? 100 percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, that, that, that. easy. Done. So, Simple. So tell me how you created and and have allowed people to do this at your business because this is what really truly interests me you are and every time i've ever come in contact with you you are you every time i see you wild crazy professional all different flavors of mr andy wines you are 100 percent you but you are unique in in to to many circles of people that i have come in contact with yeah. So to, to answer the question at the top, how do, how do I do it? How do I create that culture? It's real easy. Unless it's illegal, immoral, unethical, we fucking do it. Right. And I get to be the referee on the morality, right. And the ethics here, mm -hmm. right. Illegal is governed by a different entity. I'm not going to say higher, but a different entity. Right. And then what's moral and what's ethical around here is, is, is up to, um, the the discretion of the individuals that make up the culture, right? I'm not the commissioner of the league. I'm the referee so that I can solve dispute if there is such a dispute. Mm -hmm. But that's it, just a referee, right? right? I'm not the end-all, be-all, right? Alpha and omega. I'm the referee to say, okay, how, how do we allow people into our organism, right? We treat our organization like an organism, a li living, breathing thing, so that when people come in, they can impact the culture. One of the most bullshit questions in HR is, hey, do you think you're going to be a good fit to the culture? First off, they don't know what the culture is because they're not there, right? And culture is, right, it, 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 is, it is exclusive of people that aren't in the culture, right? It's inclusive of the people in the culture. So if you're in a candidate, you don't know what the culture is other than whatever bullshit they sell you on the website. So terrible question. Second piece <laughs> is you're not considering the, 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 what that candidate can bring to your culture, right? Because culture is not a stagnant, stagnant thing it's forever changing and evolving so the question should be what are you going to bring to the culture of this organization 
So now we flip it on its head, right? We know that organizations, when treated like an organism, a living, breathing thing, all the individual components play a role in how that organism functions and how, what do we accept culturally? I can certainly be the referee to make sure it's not illegal, immoral, or unethical. But after that, let people go, right? Let, it's that simple. Be weird or don't be weird. I don't give a shit. Just be you. <laughs> and then create a culture and what it, that is accepted. If I want to be accepted, I have to accept others for being themselves. And that's it. I might not like it, but who, again, the referee, not the judge and jury. It's different. So how would somebody handle, as a company grows, obviously cultural, like you said, the culture will evolve. It, it grows like an organism, organism, as you mentioned. Now, as companies grow, you start to see uh, a shift in that. Now you have different departments and yep. different people start to influence those different departments and almost like a break of that organism becomes two. How do you continue to keep those working together almost as one yet also separate and and i'm not saying as completely separate i'm saying that you have two different things working but also in the same but, building well because they, they started from the same place mm -hmm. right and within the organization especially here when you have the same building, i i at one point had um 10 franchises across the country and our culture became individualistic at the site because we didn't do enough to bring everybody together and we didn't have a strong enough culture. So, so it, it made us very uh, adaptable and flexible when we out in the real world, but then we also had very different customer experiences from one to the other. So we, 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 changed, we, we, we did some things like having centralized HR, centralized dispatch. So there was a consistency in that HR bucket, consistency in that, in that operations bucket. But at the end of the day, the sites function very independently. And that was part of the culture because the way you operate a site in Texas is different than California is different than Wisconsin. Right. And, and I've had businesses in all three places. And so you, you have to allow, right? You have to have a strong enough, uh, you know, practices or, or, or procedures and all those SOPs and all that good stuff. Right. So that when, when you do say, okay, here, here's the organism now take it over here and plant the seed. Uh, they, they have that framework of the business side, but they get to develop their own culture. And you got to do check-ins to make sure the culture is be consistent with the values and beliefs of the overall entity. Um, but you got to let it grow. And, and you can't, you, you, if you have these two organisms, right? You, you talked about that separation. Mm -hmm. you, 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 you can't make them function the same way. Uh, a GE, GE is a prime example. Right now, GE is going through a major shift. They're taking their three divisions that are all, like a triangle, right? With the same leadership structure and they're breaking them into three silos because the way that, you know, GE healthcare operates is different than the other two entities. So now they're going to silo these things because it just doesn't work on top because they're, 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 they're significantly different uh, than the other two business entities. It might be to a point where you, you got to sever it completely. And this is a major company. Right. And they tried doing it where they had the, the one nucleus controlling all, but the, the, the silos didn't operate mm -hmm. the same. Now they're breaking into three different companies. So I, I don't care if it's our 20-person our operation here in Butler, Wisconsin, or a, a huge you know, multi-billion dollar organization like GE, you got to recognize at, at, you know, at what point does the culture start to negatively impact the business operations? 
again, alignment. They got to align with each other. They have to complement each other. If right. they don't, you're going to have conflict. And then that's where people leave. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you mentioned your business in um, in Butler, Wisconsin. And I, I, I want to actually touch on, on that before we go any farther. So you, what was your first business, first of all? Let's start with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was, well, uh, I'll say, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, uh, Andy's Candies is probably the first business I remember. Fourth oh, wow. grade, third or fourth grade. <laughs> I sold nature's touch candy bars for a buck a piece for the boy scouts. And uh, I outsold everybody else in the troop because I branded it as Andy's candies. And uh, I was out there hawking them and, and whatever they were dollar piece and like 50 cents went to the scouts, 50 cents. And I didn't, I didn't care. And the stupid thing is I don't, I can't have sugar. I can't have candy or chocolate. And I was still able to, 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 to get out there and hawk them. This is probably third or fourth grade. Uh, so that was Andy's candies, and then um, of course the it was in buster. fourth. Of course it was in fourth grade. You you were born yeah. an entrepreneur. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been taking apart lock sets and uh, and faucets since I was five six years old. <laughs> right when I could have a screwdriver, I could I started taking stuff apart. I wasn't very good at it, but I learned the skills then that I use to this day. Um, but no, my 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 father's company, two man crew. I remember we got a PC when I was probably ten or eleven. And uh, I learned to type on a typewriter, like old school carbon copy, feed it through, make sure it lines up, mm-hmm. press the buttons. And so I've been I've been writing estimates. I, I think I learned right on a typewriter. I was probably seven or eight, which now my daughter is eight and she can type like it's nobody's business. But like that wasn't normal for us to mm-hmm. know how to type. Right. We, we could do cursive, but then we could type. Now the cursive is a dead thing, whatever. Total tangent. Um, but but uh, I used to type on a typewriter carbon copy proposals and 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 bills for my dad. And then, and then it went to um, the PC. I remember the first time I took a a, a, a a proposal and turned it into an invoice by just changing the word proposal to invoice and like, you know, quote to balance due. My dad was blown away. He's like, what do you mean you don't have to retype the whole thing? I'm like, yeah, I just change like the two things and give it a fake number and work good. It looks good. It looks nice. <laughs> right? And and he had like actual letterhead. So you had to feed, feed the letterhead and make sure it was – whatever you know facing the right way so it printed because you know that was 25 cents a piece of paper for that that letterhead mm-hmm. so you don't want to you know now you screw up a proposal you redo the, the the pdf and resend it right and get a little docusign back then that was a that was a quarter or 30 cents a piece of paper because it had the the logo on it on that you know nice heavy stock paper and like that you know that's where i cut my teeth mm-hmm. doing that shit going into microsoft word and just customizing it and i remember like the first time I did a proposal for the company Clutterbusters, you know, or, uh, you know, the quote, it was like, you know, quote, zero, 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 one. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to start at a hundred. So it was quote, zero, 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 one, zero, one. I'm like, hell yeah. I, I've done a hundred of these before that. Yeah. <laughs> but, right. Because you wanted, you know, you, you know, you wanted to buy yourself some credibility. So Clutterbusters back in 2009 was the first company I had. And I, and, and, it, and it was out of necessity. I got laid off two days before Christmas in 2008 because you know that whole financial crisis. Right. I was I was like I was a Iraqi combat veteran that couldn't get a job for more than nine dollars an hour, and I said fuck that I'm gonna go do my own thing. So I was I was hauling scrap out of uh, alleys in the northwest side of Milwaukee and cleaning out little old ladies' basements at a hundred dollars a trailer on the weekends, and that was that was my first business. I even remember my business card I wrote serving our community since 2008. I bought myself a whole another year. Cause I just, you know, I did a couple of jobs in 2008 
without a name. But yeah, so 2009, we'll call it the Clutter Busters, which was uh, eco-friendly clutter removal for your home and business. Uh, that was our tagline. That was it. And I, I paid, paid. I, I got my 250 or whatever it was business cards from Biz, uh, Vistaprint, and I spelled the word business wrong. So I was fucking pissed. So I had to then pay for the next 250 and it was like $55 and I didn't have $55. Um, so, you know, I had to figure that out. Right. I started my business with that, that business over the hundred hours. I spent $55 at Vistaprint. I spent 35, 40 bucks at uh, um, office max getting uh, like bright green flyers. I went around and put in on people's doors and uh, yeah, it was, it was terrible. And it was wonderful at the same time. That's awesome. <laughs> and look at you now. How many businesses do you own today? Uh, four or five, kind of, sort of. I mean, it, you know, a couple of them. You know, I, I, uh, I, I've started and I've stopped businesses. I've opened and closed. I, I had a media company for about three years. I closed that this year. Uh, I realized I, I love creating content for our businesses and for, for, our, for us. And, and I love creating content for others but I don't like to facilitate creating content for others, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So like, so I closed that was Antidote Media Group. We went on, we went hard on that for about two years. That was a lot of fun until it wasn't. Um, and, and so I, I own it, but it's, it's, not, it's a dormant company right now. We have one large project we're finishing up um, to, uh, to about 20 minute documentary we're finishing up for the VA so we're, we're, we're doing that one. But then after that, I don't, I don't anticipate keeping that business running. So, you know, our, our mainstay is uh camel crew drunk removal. Um, that that's the business that pays the bills. And then we have the rage room MKE, which is a side hustle at best. Um, it's a entertainment business, come in, break shit, have fun. And then uh young guns, which is a passion project of mine. Mm -hmm. You know, those are the three main businesses. And then, you know, we have an entity for our building. Uh, I'm, I, I partner with my parents. We own a farm together in Mequon. I'm going to get chickens this year. I got a list. Like I got a list. I just got to put up my whiteboard. So I got a list. I'll, I'll announce it here first. So these are the things I'm going to do in the next probably two years. Uh, I'm going to get a chicken farm going. I, I want to do that. I've always wanted to be a farmer. I grew up on uh, my grandparents' farm. So I'm going to do chickens uh, probably next year. For uh, eggs or what? what is this? For meat. For meat, for, for meat, for, okay. Yeah, so, so raise them, slaughter them, sell them, eat them. Um, so, so chicken farmer, uh, I want to uh, this year I will become a uh, um, a licensed or certified whatever the nomenclature is, uh, small small arms instructor. Hmm. So I, I teach people right now just passively how to shoot, mm -hmm. and so uh, I'm not looking to make money, and I just I, I I want further training doing it. Um, I do in the military. So I just want the civilian equivalent to get myself more practical knowledge to enjoy that. Uh, and, and then I also want to get my pilot's license in the next 18 months. Oh, wow. So, uh, and again, not, not like, I don't know, maybe it'll be a business. It's more over like, I want to fly a plane. So I'll go do that. Yeah. That, so, that's, that's awesome. Little... So those are three very random things. Farmer, you know, uh, small arms instructor and pilot. <laughs> well, if you ever need to, I don't know, fly your chickens anywhere and, or and, and shoot and shoot on the way yeah we're good to hook <laughs> um but you know i that's it i mean right and again it's doing these things without losing focus on 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 the mainstay which is environmental consulting and hauling junk keeping things on the landfill and so again it's about that alignment piece right I, I don't um i don't get to do those other things unless that that junk removal business is outpaying the bills right mm -hmm. 
Um, I'm, I'm writing a book right now. I'm doing, I still do keynote speaking. I have a podcast, right? All those things, those are my hobbies. My mm-hmm. hobbies just happen, have a, a business aspect to them, right? Mm-hmm. Like we have a hobby farm right now. I just want to bring chickens on the hobby farm and then see what happens. Worst case scenario is I, I, I have a freezer full of chickens at the end of the cycle or two. I'll, I'll buy some chickens. Yeah. From you, and, so. and I, and I, and I, and I learn how to raise chickens in more, more, uh, you know, environmentally sound. And there's some really good practices out there on how to raise chickens, you know, uh, organically and humanely. Um, and that's interesting to me. Right. Humanely. And then you kill them and eat. That's them. correct. Yeah. 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 hundred yeah. percent. That's yeah. Hey, and it's great that you have, you know, a successful business and then you can also have, you know, side business, possibly side businesses, if you're, you know, teaching individuals to shoot um, safely yeah. and something that people would enjoy. So if that turns into a business, now you have something that you can enjoy and love doing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's awesome. That's it's finding a, a, a good and you don't like the word balance, but I'm going to use it anyways. A good balance in your life to, um, you know, work life balance and, you know, finding different things that you, you know, an outlet to, you know, really enjoy. And it's never too late to go and get your pilot's license. Why not? Right. So, yeah. So with all of this, you know, with every, all of the different things that are going on, and I'm going to go back to this, the, the culture at a, at a company. One of the, the main things that I see happen at, at companies is that somebody starts up a business and it, and it grows. It goes through mm-hmm. an exponential growth. And as that culture organically, naturally grows, the individual at the top spends less and less time at that company. And that culture kind of like an organism grows on its own and kind of takes over. And so at what point... Or, you know, how, at, as the individual at the top, that owner, how do you stay plugged in to truly know what's going on on the floor when you've got so many other responsibilities? Well, it, it, I'm not on the top. For, let's, let's, let, let's go back to that organism. I'm in the nucleus, okay. right? And that, that's different, right? There, it's, it's a level playing field. We all contribute to the success of the organization. Some of us are more close to the nucleus than others. Mm-hmm. And that's, be, that's because of, you know, our risk aversion ultimately it comes down to who, who's who's most liable those that are those that are the most to lose and the most to gain are in the nucleus that's just how that's 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 how it works um and and so there's a lot of things and, and mostly technology right why why not embrace technology so for example my, my phone's in my pocket and i can feel it going off here throughout the day today um we we have an app with, with uh with our guys, and I can I, I know every transmission that happens between our guys on, in, in the field, right? Mm-hmm. So I can tell, hey, our guys running ahead of schedule. Are they running behind schedule? What is the cadence in their voice? How are they feeling, right? And, uh, you know what? We're just gonna. I'll run it right now. I'll I'm gonna see what these guys were talking about uh, about an hour ago. I can just press the button here, and this is what I do. I listen to this on my way home or throughout the day. Get a feel of how the guys are feeling on a given day. Sounds like it's operations. Just listen. Oh, for Blizzard. I have two team members who are ready to POV to whatever location you would like them at. Meet us at Blizzard's Charlie location. We're almost done at the Bravo. Good copy. We'll do. Thank you. So little things like that. I, I know the guys. I know who that is. I know if he's ahead of schedule. I know his demeanor, right? 
I also know it's four o'clock and he has to be out by four thirty to go to bags because he plays bags at four thirty uh, on on Wednesdays, right? So I can I I know he, he will have a good week or a bad week based on whether or not he gets off at four thirty today to go to bags. That that is it, right? Mm-hmm. Is that simple? But I can also look at um, our operations software. I get a pulse for the guys. One of the best things to do, I can walk the yard. I go walk the yard. I can tell you who worked yesterday and who didn't work based on how clean the yard is and not clean. So you don't have to be, I don't have to be down on the the floor. I don't have to be out in the trucks 24 seven to get a feel for how things are going. And then you just do walk and talks. Hey, what's going on here? What's going, what's, what's going on there? I also use certain people as indicators. There's one guy Right. Uh, if, if, if he's bitching, I just, that's a good indicator that he's breathing that day. Cause that's what he does. <laughs> right. If, if he wasn't bitching, I'd be afraid he might not, you know, have any air in his, in his, in his lungs. But then I got another guy, Jerome, he's been with us. It'll be five years next month. He'll been with us five years. If Jerome complains about something, it's something. Cause Jerome doesn't complain. Mm-hmm. And, and it, so I'll catch with Jerome. Like yesterday I saw Jerome, I was, I was leaving the shop. He was loading up some stuff in his car. My daughter was talking to him. He was jovial. I was like, hey, what's been good, Joe? He's like, man, it's good. It's good. Like, yeah, I'm just, you know, like he had nothing to say, but eh, it's good. It's good. Right. So now I know there's no. So if someone else comes to me right now, I'm like, oh, the morale's terrible. Like, no, it's not. I just talked to Jerome. Jerome said, we're good. Mm-hmm. But that, that person might be having a bad day. Right. Or that day might have got bad. But if things are bad for days on end or weeks on end, Jerome will let me know if I ask him. If I don't mm-hmm. ask him, he won't tell me. So it's not entirely passive. But you got to know where to go to get the right information. And then also new guys. One of the, and all our existing guys know it. When we get new guys, hey, what, what do you think about the, t- the company so far? Mm-hmm. Right? Because retention's key. And I was very pleased. You know, last week I asked one of our new guys. He's like, yeah, I don't feel like the new guy. Everyone's like super cool and chill and teaching me stuff. He's like, a lot of times you go to a new place, people treat you like shit because you're the new guy. I'm like, yeah, no, you just make like you're, 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 you're making things better around here because mm-hmm. you're allowing us to take on more work. Because we can, you know, we can do more with more hands. So that's, you know, it, it is little indicators like that. You, you can't trust everything, you know, one person says all the time, but you can trust, you can trust a lot of people and just have conversations. And you also have to know what is, what does right look like? And, and you don't know that unless you're, unless you grew up in the business or you built the business, you don't always know. I came from the franchise world. Well, I, you know, I did junk rule for years. Then I got into the franchise world and I left. And a lot of franchisees, they didn't know what right was because they were told by the franchisor what right was, but they didn't know their ass from a hole in the wall. So they, they didn't even know these little indicators you got to check. And when you build your business, you know what right looks like. Interesting. And that's awesome. Um, you know, it's, it, I don't want to say that it's not often that the owners will walk around because somebody in your position who has been in the thick of it who and somebody with your background who knows what it's like to have $55 in their pocket and to start a business and then to be successful they understand that it just it's life isn't given to you you have to work for it yeah we got to earn it every day myself included right. and that's my job but people who who've and I don't want to say people who've just been you know their life has been you know given to them on a silver spoon every day have a tendency to forget that they need to walk the floor they need to get a sense of the you know a a feeling of how is everything going what is going and then addressing those issues 
head on in order to create that culture. And and having a culture that is great versus shifting a culture that is bad to make it great is obviously a different thing. You're talking about, you know, a, a huge but to create it from the ground up. Yeah, you got to build it. You you got to be intentional. Right. Right. And, and that's 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 amazing, Andy, that you have Yeah, you 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 can't fault people from where they came from. Good, bad, or indifferent, mm-hmm. right? I, I, we definitely have, you know, if anything in this in, in this country, I, I think of all the the conflict we have, the, the greatest conflict we have right now is, you know, the the the, the haves and the have-nots, right? Those in power and those the, the rest of us, right? And I, it's not even class warfare; it's the one percent of one percent of one percent fighting the rest of us, the you know ninety nine point nine 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 percent. Um, but, but without getting too political here, but when, when it comes down to when it comes to the, the classes, right? It's not about where people came from. It's where you're at today. And it's the obligation of the, all the leaders within the organization to establish the, 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 the standards, mm-hmm. right? And so if you have somebody that doesn't recognize, hey, you got to walk the floor every day, you got to take their fucking happy ass out their office, grab their hand and walk the damn floor. And if, and, 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 and if they do it on their own accord, God bless. And if they don't, you take them and you take them and you take them and you do it until they recognize it. And if they don't recognize it, you ship them on down the line and have somebody else deal with them. Right. You, 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 so you're right. There are people that grow up with, with more or with, or with less. And it, it is what it is. I certainly, it, it, it's your job as a leader to show the standards, mm-hmm. right? I hire a lot of people with the expectation that they're going to know more and see more than I do. And rarely does that happen. So there, there's a reason why I'm the one that started the company and, and I'm the one that owns it and, and they don't because they don't see what I see, right? And because I see it, it allows me to challenge them and lead them and show them what right looks like, what where, where we're going and set forth that vision, mm-hmm. right? And, and it's the, it's on them to execute, right? And understand the details and fill in the gaps and fill in where I'm not strong. And so it's not a question of where people are coming from. It's an, it's an obligation of the leadership of the organization to set the tone. And if the leadership fails to do it, that's on a leadership. It's not on that individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we, are, we are in a world that needs leaders. And, and a lot of people are so afraid of being leaders that they're not. Absolutely. Either they're afraid of being leaders or they're not trained properly in the simple. They're simply trying to be managers and they don't know well, how to be leaders. Well, those are two different words. Sometimes you need a manager. Sometimes you need a leader. You can't I say you can't manage people. Um, uh, and I hate the word shouldn't. Leading people will lead to better results than managing people. You You're can right. manage. You can manage processes. Mm-hmm. You can manage places. Like we have a warehouse manager. His job is to manage the product within the warehouse. Mm-hmm. You can manage that. You can right. manage that. If you want to manage people, then you're going to teach them those how and the what, and you're going to monitor their activities and you're going to own the results. And that sounds fucking terrible. And, and we right? have- leaders, leaders set the expectation of the result. They lead the people and the people figure out how to achieve that result. And I'll make the argument, if you have 11 people in the room and one's the leader and 10 people have to figure out the how, there's more collective brain power in the 10 how people than there's the, in the one what person, mm-hmm. right? And collectively, all 11 need to know their why. 
the organizational why and their individual why. Once you start doing that, now you're leading. And now the leader is leading with the why. Hey, this is why we need to do that. And eventually you'll have the what leaders and you'll have the, the how, you know, the, the, or the how leaders, I'm sorry, and then the what people. And they'll figure out how to do it. And then that's a beautiful thing. And we don't have enough leaders. We have enough managers that are in fear. Well, because, because, yeah, because, because they've been being lied to for 130 years. Mm-hmm. Because our public education produces workers and managers. Not leaders, and then you're told to go to college, and you 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 learn not you don't learn how to fucking lead in college. <laughs> don't take me down that path. Okay, you don't learn how to lead. <laughs> I, I I was working with students from UW Madison, and I'm like, man, they're college educated. Like you got to be not dumb to get into Madison, right? These are Madison, and they're seniors. I started working with them in February, and they're graduating in May. I'm like, these are gonna be some high speed individuals. They couldn't write a fucking email. No. Because no one taught them soft skills, because our society is like hard skills, hard skills, hard skills. They didn't, they didn't know how to uh, basics. No, they didn't know how to have a conversation that wasn't in text message. No, no, they're taught Be- memorization. That's correct, and not problem solving. It's not leadership. No, that's no. not correct. No problem I, I solving. Look, I look at college. I have a bachelor's degree. My bachelor's degree says that I have an ability to learn. And I have an ability to write papers and give speeches. Those are the abilities I have. It doesn't matter what I wrote the speeches on. It doesn't matter the research I did. It was the fact that I was able to take a problem and, and write a paper and, and present a, a logical argument. That's what I've done. All the other stuff is BS because it's forever changing and it evolves. And, and you can learn it all on University of YouTube for a lot cheaper than, than going to college. College has failed people. And this notion of participation trophies has fucking failed people. <laughs> our, our, our society, and I've, I've been in the military 18 fucking years and, 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 and been in the world. And you're right. The, the, the monopoly I have is uh, I have no problem taking chances and saying what's on my mind, right? There, there, there a lot of people don't have that. And they don't want to lead. They just, and, and, and the problem we have even more now is we have people that don't even want to follow. Because you have three options in life, and only three. Everything in this world, I break down to three, right? You can lead, you can follow, or you can get in the fucking way. And we have a lot of get in the fucking way people right now. Mm-hmm. Okay? So if you're not a leader and you're not following, guess what bucket you're in? <laughs> Doesn't leave a lot of other buckets there, there does there? there <laughs> if there's there's only no three. other buckets. Right. That's it. Because even with me, Right. If someone walks in and says, hey, this is what we're doing. I'm like, "Okay, hey, Eddie, shut up. Time to follow. Let's go. I am right. In order to be a good leader, you got to be a great follower first. Right. Where when I have failed as a leader in the past, it's because I I I didn't recognize the needs of the follower. Mm -hmm. I I put my needs before theirs. Servant leadership is, is is the leadership. It's not about you. It's about serving the people. At all aspects, right? The, even within the company, you know, like I, we've talked about this in the past. There's only four people you serve. There's only four people that matter. And, and organizations get this wrong all the time. There's only four people you serve. Once you recognize that, you serve four, and they're, and, and they're not equal, but you, you, you serve them fairly, not equally. So here are the four people you serve. Your customers, your vendors, your investors 
and your employees. Mm-hmm. Nobody else matters. And I truly believe that one of the, the, the first steps to becoming a, the, a, an amazing leader is humility. Until you have yeah. truly accepted humility, you will never become an amazing leader. And there are too many people out there that are are too self-centered and too high on themselves to, to be able to accept that. And that will always keep them in the manager category. Yeah, because correct. They're, 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 you're going to be humble enough to recognize uh, that you don't have it all. It takes a team, right? Right. But then the difference between a manager and a leader at that point is you, you also have to be proud enough, not pride, right? But mm-hmm. proud enough to stand up for yourself. And it's the obligation of the organization to have an environment that encourages that. So I worked for Fortune 500 companies where my ideas weren't well received. And they didn't want original ideas. They just wanted you to follow their system. Right. Well, it's like you're holding me accountable for the results, but you're not allowing me to change the actions. Mm-hmm. Well, then why? What, what's the, now I'm just managing the actions, the results I have no control over. Right. So I'm just man, right. So you have to be proud enough, or whatever the word is, chutzpah, intelligence, whatever, to take some calculated risks. Mm-hmm. You might lose your job. Right, go back to that nucleus. The close, right? The, the, those that <laughs> risk F- the most have the most to gain or and, lose. Right. And FYI, if you do this, you may lose your job. But Correct. If, but you know what? What's the, you let's are, start with let's start with what's the worst that can happen. Okay, you can lose your job. Is that it? Go fuck over yourself. Right. Or and, or do you or do you want to slow die a slow death twenty years of hating your job because right. you chose not to speak up? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're not allowed to. Yeah, you are. You might get fired. <laughs> I, I love that, but you know what? You're you're. I have worked for a large company. I specifically went to work for a smaller company because they were holding me accountable for results. But I was saying, but your system's not working, and they're saying, but you need to follow the rules. Okay, I'm gonna leave because either I'm going to do what I'm gonna do, and you're gonna fire me, or I'm going to leave gracefully. Completely agree with everything that you are are. are saying but we are coming to time and i don't want to um miss out on the opportunity to ask you a couple of other questions first if um if somebody wanted to take out their frustration at their job that they hate right now and they're stuck at um where would they be able to come to the rage room and and rage room mke butler wisconsin that's it rage room mke google it you'll find us it's that simple and it'll be in the show notes. But Andy, I yeah. have a question of the season. This is, um, you know, you have taken the opportunity to launch um, season two with me, episode one. I really appreciate that. Oh. So this is the question that I will be asking everybody this season. Um, so you ready for this? Let's go. If you could go back to your younger self and give yourself advice, when would you go back and what advice would you give yourself? I'd say second grade-ish, first grade-ish, um, back when I cared about what other people thought about me, right? Back back when you're you're not a kid and you're starting to morph into, oh, there's a world around you and you're not just free, right? And you're getting picked on and bullied and questioned and all of a sudden you want to fit in with everybody else. And, and I'll give the same advice I give everybody else. And this is the life advice I came up actually last week at a Young Guns event. I came up with this life advice, and it's not PC, but 
that's for the PC police. So here, here's the life advice I would, I would, I would tell that kid. So I said, let's call it second grade. I had a great teacher in second grade. Mrs. Getz. Anyway, second grade, I, I think that, that seems like a, a very logical time. My daughter just graduated second grade. So I'm like, you know what? That's, that's an age where I can still remember some of the things that happened. So here's the advice I'd give that kid. And this is the advice I give everybody. And this is advice that I also have to remember. Life is boiled down to, uh, again, going back to three, three phrases of four words each, 12 words that this is what I'm living by now. Do the fucking thing. Tell the fucking world, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and and you think that that uh, your younger self would understand what that meant? Yeah, because I <laughs> didn't do the thing, right? I I I was busy. I I, w- I was busy telling the world who I was, you know, was or wasn't going to be, and and then and and then I. I, I felt the need to respond to everybody for everything, right? If I'd have just been me, right? If you're just you, no one can stop you. No one can do it better than you. So just you, do you, do you, do the thing, right? Be proud of who you are. Be like, hey, I'm Andy. This is what I'm doing. You don't like it? That's on you. That's a you problem, right? I'm a big fan of saying it's a you problem because mm-hmm. people come to me with problems. Like, That's a you problem. And I walk away. Right, because if you want to solve every other everybody's problems, you're going to be running your mouth and solving other people's problems, not your own. Right, one of the challenges people have is they don't know when to shut up, myself included. So that's what I work on now. Right, tell the world, but then if someone doesn't like it, sounds good. Right. There's people that if they've made they made it this far in the episode of the podcast, they might not agree with what I have to say. It's fine. At least you're listening, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to have civil discourse, we can certainly have it. But, and, 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 and maybe I can learn something from you. Absolutely. But, but after that, go about your business. I think that if we were all our 100% our authentic self all of the time, not everybody, let me just rephrase, not everybody. There are a lot of assholes out there. And, um, I, you know, just put them on an island somewhere and... Um, But if the majority of us were just all our authentic selves and would get over it already, I think that there would be a hell of a lot more work getting done, shit happening every day, and, you know, happy people walking around. Um, It's it's as simple as that. Uh, It took me... You know, but let the assholes be assholes. Because if they're their true selves, they'll get found out. You're right. You're right. And, hey... The circles that I hang out in, it is pretty obvious, pretty quick, who they are. Um, and, and, and their voice is just as important as our voice, right? The goal is, with, with, with the freedom of speech, right? Mm-hmm. The best ideas come to the top. Yep. I'd rather have the assholes speaking because they're assholes either way, but at least I know their, their, their agenda. I'll take, I'll take that over, you don't know who you can trust. Absolutely. So... Well, Andy, this has been, um, as always, an enlightening conversation. <laughs> I, I always jump at the chance to sit down and have a conversation with you. Each time I always walk away with, you know, some gold nugget of, of information that I know that I can use. So I do appreciate taking the time. It's or you taking the time. It's, it's always fun. It's always been a pleasure. Thank you so much.
Thank you. Thank you again for listening to Let's Talk HR. I appreciate your time and support. Without you, the audience, this would not be possible. So don't forget that if you enjoyed this episode, to follow us, like us, or share us. Have a wonderful day.